Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's really a big, big pleasure because I'm Rushi Kulkarni together with me. Hi, Rushi. How are you? Hello, all well here. How about you, Greg? Very well. I am thrilled to start the, to start the discussion with you. We are going to discuss about an important topic, ROI in customer experience. I think this mm-hmm. is a big, big topic. And yep. this is the first episode of a mini-series that I'm going to do on this topic. We will have three episodes on this topic. And I think it's extremely important nowadays with all what everything is happening in the world, all these changes, business changes, inflation, and so on, that we can really prove the quality, but also the return on the investment of, of what we are doing. However, before we deep dive in this topic, we would like to learn a bit more about you. And therefore, my top player today is Rushi, and I would like to learn a bit more about you. Could you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. But, but I must mention that this is a great topic you have picked up. I'm so excited to talk to you. And yes, uh, we will talk at it at length, but to introduce me quickly, uh, I come with almost uh, two decades of experience. Uh, maybe I would split my journey as the first eight, 10 years focused on consumer insights. So I was a part of market research where you look at everything right from a brand tracking, advertisement, product testing, and a small bit of CX, I would say in those years. But post 2010, my focus has more been on the last decade uh, enhancing customer centricity. So that's where I am and uh, been working in the markets of India, Singapore, Malaysia, uh, more focused on BFSI, a bit of, uh, I would say, e-commerce and a lot of uh, automobile companies. So just just introducing uh, myself quickly and I'm great to be on your show. Thank you very much. And um, perhaps to learn a bit more about you, which values drive you in life? Well, values. I I think uh, the best value that I was exposed to in one of the MNC organization based out of France uh, was integrity. You know, the way I understand this, uh, it's all about what are you doing either the right way or when nobody is watching you. So I think that's the value that's driven me uh, saying that there are no shortcuts. I, I need to, you know, kind of deliver on what we are working on. Uh, as if, I mean, it's 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 your perspective, right? Uh, it, it's not about who's watching you, who's not. So I think integrity is something I've benefited in my career for sure. Thank you. I think this this is really really important, yep. and we are as a CX professional, it's also extremely important. But now let's let's start talking about return on investment ROI mm-hmm. in customer experience field. Why is ROI so important from your point of view? Well, that's a very important question. In fact, uh, I'll spend two minutes on everybody knows what is ROI, but it's all about the way I look at it is what is the benefit you get for the investment that you do, right? So the investment could be in terms of dollar, euro amount. It could be in terms of effort that you put, uh, the, your time cost. It could be even commuting from a point A to point B just to deliver what you had 
plant. So that's the investment that you look at. Now, in terms of return, that's the benefit that the customer gets, you know, saying that uh, as a customer facing person, I did one, two, three, did the customer really see value in it? And what was the benefit? So uh, putting it all together, I would say the CO uh, in, in CX, the ROI is very important because it's one going to tell me whether what I'm doing is right, being appreciated by the customer. And secondly, there is more important going to be a kind of tool or metric which is going to tell me how far away am I from the goal. Uh, if there is no such metric or no such mechanism to measure the benefit that the customer gets, I think we are going to be haywire. Yep. So you need to have that in your mind saying, all my activities is fine, but how does my customer perceive these? So I think uh, you made a very important opening question, ROI is very important to drive customer experience. Thank you. I think what you're saying, it's, it's right. make totally sense. And perhaps to, to, to understand it a bit better, because you, you started really explaining very well what is ROI. How can we quantify the, the ROI or how can we can quantify the CX improvements that we are doing? Absolutely. I think uh, unless you don't measure something, you can't action on it. And hence, the, the measure part is very important. Uh, I would look at it in terms of two ways. You know, one is if I were to measure the ROI, one is how much money am I making for my company? So that could be additional revenue. And the other bit is in terms of, let's say, how much money am I saving? Yeah. So I look at it two separate concepts. Let me take the first one. Uh, making money is all about getting new revenue uh, from a new customer or cross-selling, upselling to my existing customer base so that that's adding additional revenue. So those are the aspects there. Uh, taking an example, let's say I have a 10 million customer base. Let's say I'm into retail and I'm talking about very uh, B2C example. And I just want to ensure that uh, each customer spending $100. I, I were to look at, let's say, a 70% retention rates out of those 10 million customers, every year I have repeat 7 million. Now, if I take up a task saying that I need additional 2%, so instead of 70, I want a 72% retention rate, I get that 2% increment on that $100 that every customer is spending. So you multiply by number of years they would be with you, and that's a big amount. But having said that, this looks great on a whiteboard or a PowerPoint presentation, but to do this, that's the benefit to my company. I need to invest. So there's a cost, right? So there is a cost in terms of, let's say, training my front office staff because they have to move now retention from a 70 to 72%. In my example, I need to invest in technology, people, processes. I normally look at those three pillars. It is only then that the benefits will start looking at. So, so uh, when we are discussing about, you know, how do you measure, the first aspect is that I'm making money for my company. I need to jot down or list down what is it that I'm getting as a benefit back from the customer for which I make some investment upfront. Uh, let me take a very different example. Let's say saving money. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't want a leaking bucket in my business, so I want to save some money what could I do? I could save money by 
arresting churn, which is ensuring that your customers don't leave you and go to competition. The other is you could reduce your acquisition cost. Or the third uh, way I look at it is you could reduce your operational or your business cost. So if, if I were to again take one example from this, let's say, to reduce cost, it could be that, uh, let's say, uh, we have a contact center. And yes, a contact center is in some countries and regions, one of the prime touch point for customers to go back with a query request or a complaint. So if I have a particular staff strength, how can I maybe shift them from a contact center to do it yourself, FAQs or a chatbot? Now, again, that's the savings that I would do in terms of the manpower or, or uh, waiting time involved on the call, which is also emotional, not only always in money. But for that, again, I need to have FAQs in place. I need to do research to understand what the chatbot should do. All these are, again, investments up front. So the way I would look at ROI in terms of saving money is, again, the benefit that the organization plus customer gets in terms of the investment that I made. So, so to sum up, maybe I took a little time to explain, uh, but uh, if you can make money for your company or and save money for your company, I think that's the best metric to look at ROI, in my opinion. And I think what you're saying, it, it makes sense because a lot of companies are focusing only on acquisition, but they don't try to take out cost. And I think Absolutely. nowadays it's also important to understand that exactly what you're saying, there are opportunities also to take out costs from your business using leveraging customer experience discipline and achieving then, uh, then your targets, because if you have less cost, then you can have uh, additional profit. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I, I really think that financials uh, are important. As you said, um, additional revenues by acquisition, yep. retention, or reducing cost. But customer experience brings also other values that are a bit more fluffy, if I can say. Okay. It's quality, it's brand awareness, how can you integrate all these additional benefits into this ROI calculation? Oh, well, that's a great point. In fact, uh, 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 it's not only about money always, I feel. For example, you made a great point in terms of awareness. So if uh, there is a brand and, and the customers see that they are always looking at driving CX, keeping ROI in mind, what ultimately happens as a trickle-down effect is that there is a good uh, I would say, image of the company in the market. And as a result of which, if you were to look at, again, going back to a little bit of brand tracking or a brand equity kind of an example, your, your image is better in the market. And hence, the uh, when you look at the fundamentals of power of a brand in the minds of the consumer, they have a very positive image. They, they are positively disposed towards you. So next time they want to purchase a product, they will think of your brand first. So uh, yes, this is nowhere in the calculation of ROI, but more of, as you rightly said, the fluffy stuff uh, to do with awareness then there's a positive awareness that's built on the brand. Uh, it could be also that uh, social media is great. Uh, in, in, in even a, a developing country uh, like India, we see that the rate of internet uh, per kind of day being spent is minimal in the world. We have smartphone good penetration. So what happens is that everybody is 
connected to uh, internet with a smartphone and hence you are on social media you go ahead you talk positive or negative about a brand there is a a, a general feeling of whether the brand is really doing great what is the sentiment there what is the sentiment score in terms of net net positive minus negative comments so i think in addition to roi uh, awareness or social media word of mouth these become very critical uh, to sustain the the value that you are giving to the customer back i think we we are you you are sharing an, an important point because mm-hmm. these are direct impact and i yep. not direct impact and what you are Absolutely. saying is the example of social media uh, yeah. if some a customer is really happy about a service or a product and is sharing that on the social media and then additional customer are coming uh, to this brand are buying from this brand due to this post it's difficult to measure but it's something that yep. you can add in your customer experience transformation as additional uh, proof of what of the power of customer experience absolutely i mean instead of spelling dollars on digital marketing and tv commercials these customers as you rightly said become the brand advocates and i and i'm going to replace a lot of marketing budget by actually focus on delivering a better uh, cx transformation i would say so yep you made a great point there and there are companies that are not investing money in marketing because yep. they have customer let's say like fans also speaking about my background uh, as football or soccer fans or Absolutely. all the sports fans that are sharing the positive word of mouth and then you don't need to spend money on on marketing because uh, your customer and your employees are doing that uh, are doing right. that uh, that for you uh, yeah, perhaps, great point hmm. perhaps um from your point of view and from your long experience which are the most important kpis that uh, you can use to communicate with other departments the impact of customer experience wow that's an amazing question uh, i think uh, from my experience uh, yeah, we we do look at i mean the common metrics could be in terms of loyalty and uh, when when i when i understand loyalty it could be something like a net promoter a score or overall satisfaction uh, when i talk to departments internally i have in fact um, enhanced the scope and i also look at something more uh, i think relevant for some touch points which is the customer effort score so the idea is to understand that how easy or difficult was it to let's say make a bill payment with your company uh, there are some reasons wherein you need the receipt for sure once you make a payment was it easy if not uh, how much of effort did it take to connect with either a digital channel which is again from where you can download a pdf or you spoke to someone uh, the entire process is all dependent on i feel the channel so for a particular channel uh, it might be that the loyalty aspect is very important whereas for other channel it might be that the effort of involvement from the customer side the minimal effort and let's say a quicker tat is something that they appreciate so uh, while you say that what are the different metrics that we look at i think uh, customers want something not quicker but in a promised stat so if the that is promised as 24 hours and i get it in 24 hours great i am not even saying that deliver me something in 3 4 hours that's okay uh, but but the idea is that depending on whatever we are looking at you know uh, whether it is effort or whether it is time or its loyalty uh, we we cannot have one metric for all we will need to have a mix and match depending on one i would say the objective 
Second is the persona of your customer. And then we are looking at what is the goal that we are trying to achieve there. So I think basis that we, we, we can plan uh, which particular metric would suit where. That's, that's what I strongly feel. I think it's it's extremely interesting because uh, what you're sharing are different KPIs that you can me- uh, measure and understand better what it's happening outside of the company with the, with the customer and then bring it back to to the to the to the departments to the company and perhaps also in, on this way uh, how do you think that it's the best way to communicate for example with the finance team but also with the mm-hmm. with the other teams it's marketing and and then because they often they have their targets that they want to achieve and yep. we as uh, customer experience professional are trying to pushing uh, water uphills throughout <laughs> the complete the complete company helping every department but they have different setups. What's your, your view on that? Well, I think if you have to push the water up the hill, rather than one individual, collaborative effort works. And when I say collaboration, you took a few names about the marketing team or the CRM or finance. I think the best is to link uh, the business or operational data along with the customer's experiential data. So if I were to, I mean, I quickly spoke on resting churn. So if I were to look at, let's say, the same thing to communicate internally, uh, let me take an example of churn prediction, you know. So I need to understand from a contact center, let's say Greg wasn't happy with the broadband services that he subscribed to. How many times did he call up the call center to complain? That could be one scenario. The other is that he is okay. He's a fence sitter, not that dissatisfied. He did call the contact center, but he did it only once in a year. And that was only because he had a request or, or a query, not a complaint. Now, these are two different personas. So, so what I would do is I would take such different, uh, I would say, fields, saying number of times you called up a contact center to complain, or you delayed on your bill payment, or you just made it on the last day, uh, or it could be that have you just subscribed to one product or you have a bundle of products from the company, that gives me a very good pen and portrait from the business data. Now, this data is what uh, marketing has, CRM has. What they don't have and what a CX person would have, some, somebody like you and me, would be the customer's sentiments coming from a listening post or or a feedback mechanism saying these are their ratings, the reasons why they are saying that. We typically look at L1, L2 drivers, what more can we do? So I would take all that data and along with the business data that I explained, and I can tell with great confidence saying, hey, someone is giving you negative uh, rating in the feedback mechanism. This is the reason. And look at the number of times they have delayed their payment or they have called up the contact center to complain. So I'm sure this lady or gentleman is going to try it in the next three months. We need to go back, do some service redressal, resolve whatever their issues are, or they, they're going to try it in another three, four months. If we communicate in that language, I think everybody understands uh, what is the task for them and that the customer is a priority for that particular department. It's not the Greg's or Rushi's job as a CX person. So I think you need to talk that storytelling language and, and that does wonder. I think you are touching a few extremely important topics. One is the yep. storytelling, and the other it's also speaking the language of the other department, not our 
customer experience language because we love to speak about journey management and all this stuff but perhaps other departments are not fans of customer experience they want to see other results they want to achieve other results and therefore it, it totally makes sense to to to, to discuss uh, to speak their language and as you said with uh, with with your example it depends from each department what are their goals yeah. you need to understand them and then and then try to collaborate but at the end we have a, we see a lot of improvements on the journeys we have a lot of ideas on the cx transformation what we should do we could do and so on at some point in time you uh, you sit or you stay in front of a board and they need to decide yes we go with this customer centric transformation or not Absolutely. Do you have perhaps some insights, some best practices, how to get this go? Yes, let's start doing that. It's a it's a, for a project or it's for a bigger transformation. Well, I think in terms of best practices, uh, I would I would look at you know one is uh, what is the objective that I have, and I always look at in times of these CX transformations everything cannot be done in one go. So I need to have a phase-wise approach. So we are in Jan right now. So I would say, what is it that I need to accomplish in H1 of 23, H2, and maybe spill over to H1, 24. So I normally make my blueprint in, in those areas saying that what is it that I need to first tackle? It could be that channels which are heavy on transaction. You have a lot of customers there. Is it that what I need to first look at and understand from, again, feedback mechanisms or even analyzing already available social media, what are the issues there? Or is it that I know that there are a lot of complaints coming up on theme number one, two, three? I need to start there. So what I normally do is that, and it's a continuous process, to be very honest. I'm not going to stop after H224. It has to go on uh, because you need to measure you need to monitor, you need to improve, manage, and again, measure. That's how I, I feel uh, one needs to look at it. So in terms of best practices, I would say uh, fix on your goal and then kind of empower people. Because if you don't empower people, I mean, small example, you calling up a contact center saying, uh, I was I was charged by mistake for my credit card, uh, late payment. I didn't do it late, but I did it right on time. There is a call center A who's not maybe having the, the kind of empowerment. You get a standard reply, I'll check this, we'll come back to you in 24 hours, all my senior will call you. But a contact center B, who has the entire CRM, one customer view there on the screen, they can see, oh yes, this customer is right, they haven't defaulted ever. It was less that last time they paid on the day of payment, but they were well in time. We need to reverse it. And there, while the call is happening, they do it, they get an automated SMS. First time resolution, customer happy, no need of follow-up. So I think uh, in terms of, as you say, you know, uh, I, I would look at what are those issues and how do I cater to it uh, case by case. So, so that's what uh, best practices I would share. Uh, thank you very much. I think you're really splitting in a clear way uh, also customer experience strategy because you know where you are where you want to, uh, to, to go gotcha. and there is a roadmap and you need to take one step after the other. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, what you are saying also, uh, going through a small initiative to also show and prove that what, uh, what, what needs to be achieved make also sense. And then you can go through, through this journey with a different speed, depending on how many resources, how, how, many, how, how big the budget is. And therefore, I think you are really, you should really great best practices. 
Right. And also to add on, just to add on, uh, once you do a phase manner, I mean, the topic that we are discussing on the ROI, it gets easy because you get an early buy-in of the other departments, including your CFO. So if I don't do something phase manner, uh, that again, gentleman or lady will have to wait for two years till I prove back saying, hey, the ROI is actually there. But every six months, you, you win over your internal stakeholders by showing them in a phase manner, I did this in H1, this in H2, and look, I can see the benefits. So sticking to your topic of how ROI is so important in CX, I think that also helps you know uh, drive the point. Uh, it totally makes sense because at the end, <laughs> boards want to see short-term results, not only long-term results. Absolutely. And, and we know that uh, customer experience is more for the, for the long-term, but uh, I think what you are sharing helps also to get uh, short-term results. Absolutely. Uh, perhaps um, we spoke about how to transform, and now I have one question for you. Yeah. Um, in, uh, we are on the CX Goalkeeper podcast in 10 years from now, and we are discussing about customer experience. What's the topic? Hmm, interesting. I don't see that coming. Okay. 10 years from now, first, I'll be happy to reconnect with you on this podcast. And I'm sure our listeners will be even more happy to listen to you again. Uh, but I think the topic would be that how do you look at, you know, uh, Getting a company to the next level of maturity, I think that's what is going to be. I mean, we are talking right now about listening post, about driving a customer-centric culture, or even uh, I would I would say, you know, uh, looking at a strategy. I think these are going to be little outdated. We will be actually moving to the next level, saying that how can we actually anticipate in advance the customers needs and expectations, and and maybe not always cause a customer delight because you and me know it's going to be not financially viable, but at least to an extent that we know we, we keep them as motivated customers in our system and not that hostages. I think those are the discussions that would happen uh, if we were to reconnect after 10 years saying that, how is it possible that we could use all the data available, uh, get it in through the way I look at it as information, knowledge, and then actionables so that we, we anticipate what is it that our customers want in advance. I, I think, uh, uh, I mean, time will tell uh, once we reconnect, but those are the themes that I foresee. I hope that we reconnect earlier, but yes, <laughs> I think we, we can discuss that. Um, this game is coming to an end. This was the first match on mm -hmm. ROI and customer experience. However, in the extra time, I still have um, Q3 questions for you. In the, in the last Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is there perhaps uh, a book that helped you during mm -hmm. your career or during your life that you want to suggest to the audience? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, to share with you, I do read two books every month, one fiction, uh, so that I, I read something other than CX and one for sure, a business book or a book on CX. Uh, I think I've read a couple of books, but uh, uh, one particular book that I really liked was uh, by John Bliss, which is on terms of the Chief Customer Officer 2.0. So she explains very well some of the strategies, the five-point framework of how you can actually look at building that kind of customer-driven revenue growth, you know. So I think that book uh, did, did kind of help me a lot. Uh, there are a few, but in the interest of time, I'm just taking one uh, for now. Thank you. And Rushi, I'm quite sure that people want to connect with you after this discussion. What's the yeah. best way? Well, I think uh, I'm connected uh, on LinkedIn. If, if uh, LinkedIn is some... Um, 
think that they would be comfortable, then uh, you could just Google for me on uh, in the search bar, just have Rishi Kulkarni, and uh, that would be the great way. I'm quite responsive on LinkedIn. I keep writing some articles or posting something uh, from, from, I would say, thought leaders like you and giving them the due uh, credit. So, yep, it's all there on, on my wall. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I really suggest to the audience to follow Rushi because he's really sharing uh, a lot of golden nuggets, not the only one, <laughs> the, the one that uh, he will share um, in the next few minutes, but I think it totally makes sense. Please follow uh, Rushi. And we are coming to the golden nuggets. It's Rushi's okay. golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience. Well, I would say some, some golden nuggets from my side is that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, when you look at CX, you know, I think it, it kind of correlates very closely with trust and trust is very important. In fact, some of the research that we have done shows trust like 60% and the all, all other attributes put together is uh, like 18, 20 attributes also put together makes it 40%. So, so building trust with your customers is very important and it cannot be just by hopping the fact that trust me, but if you are going to deliver on the brand promise you make every time, each time you go back to the customer or keep them at least in the loop that, hey, I promised you something we cannot deliver, give us an extra time or some extra uh, leeway. And, and we are we are having a workaround, some transparency there. So I think uh, my golden nugget is going to be that to, to win trust of your customers, deliver on your brand promise. That's how I would put it. Thank you very much for this last piece of wisdom. I'm not allowing myself to comment it because it was Rushi's golden nugget. The only thing that I want to say is thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. My pleasure. Rushi, Great talking to you. Rushi, please stay with me. To the audience, we know feedback is a gift. And therefore, please share feedback with Rushi or with me. Happy to, to get your feedback. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Greg. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!